On today's episode of Everything and Nothing, we discuss our dream band drafts and get into the first season of Paradise City. All right, hit it. Welcome back. This is Everything and Nothing. I'm Aaron. This week, we thought about it, given a couple cracks. We decided what's our dream band. We went every position, every instrument, whatever it may be, dead or living, come up with our dream lineup. So I think this was kind of hard because I'm always just going to go back and forth and be like, no, I really like this person. And that's what I did. Yeah. So I picked for my perfect band, it would be a metal band. I would be the singer. <laughs> Vocals. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm not saying it'd be good, but that would be... <laughs> well, the first thing I thought was like, well, no shit, it's a metal band. Oh. <laughs> but I would be the singer. Fuck! All right. Vocals. Are you copying me now? Yeah. You can't do that. Wait, you can't... Okay, wait till I finish mine, and you have to say your OG one, and then you can change it. Damn it, that's a good idea. All right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, For drums, Eric and Prada, who's in Fever 333, and Night Versus. If I'm remembering correctly. Um, I just think he's, I follow him on Instagram. He knows what he's doing. He has that kind of energy that I would like to see in a band. Like, you know, not just kick-ass music, but also what you bring on stage and just that kind of energy. I also have Trent for rhythm guitar. Oh yeah, Trent. He's in. <laughs> Who's Trent? I'm getting to that. <laughs> he's in After the Burial. Yay. So I really like I really like their rips and yeah, I looked him up. I'm like I want I want him and my perfect band is me singing and then I also have vocals. So the heavier ones that I cannot do, Vince from Acacia Strain. And he also just seems like a goofball off stage. <laughs> that would just be really fun. These are really good. Thank you. And got I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Kia O'Connor from Parkway Drive for bass. <laughs> you know he couldn't play bass when yep. they started the band? Yep, and that's exactly why I'm like, he just he just did it. He just does things. Can't play bass, but yeah, sure, I want to be in the band, I'll learn. So yeah, that would be my perfect band. I tried to think of a name. There's so many, and I'm not really sold on any, so. Do you have your vocal style that you have now? Yeah, I wish it was... A little more badass and a little better. <laughs> Probably something similar to Amy Lee. If you had to guess, do you think you would sound like another band, or was there another sound that you wanted to emulate? Um, I mean, I guess everyone wants their own, their own unique sound, but you do emulate from other bands, draw that in. So I guess, like the closest to my vocals I think of is like Taylor Monson, Amy Lee, Halsey. Halsey. <laughs> I almost had her in the band too, but then I was like, but I wanna be the I wanna be the front woman. <laughs> band would be that I could sing. So. Who would you wanna play with? Like let's say you went on a tour. Who I've on tour with me? Yeah. Um, Are you headlining? Duh. I don't know, I might have to get back to you on that one. I really just wanna to tour with Halsey. <laughs> the metal band. She'd she'd be down for it, I feel. I mean a lot of my favorite ones are, you know, Fever Three Three Three, Acacia's Strain, Old Sleeper, be a good one, Sworn In. All right, my turn. On drums, I've got Connor Dennis from Beartooth. Yeet. 
I don't want anything really extravagant like uh, like Neil Pert. I just four on the floor, base kick, nothing crazy. I'll probably get shit on for that, but that's okay. Base, I don't mean to pander, but Cliff Burton, I think right. he would have a full life, a full career. Cliff Burton's probably going down as the greatest base player of all time, or at least making that argument. He's written one of the most defining riffs in all of metal, and it was a bass riff. On rhythm, my personal hero, Dave Mustaine, and I'm going to keep him on rhythm. I absolutely love how Dave Mustaine writes a riff and how he structures a song. When I was trying to figure out what kind of song I like, I always seemed to draw myself to the ones that would kind of like build up, build up, build up. Like think Hangar 18, where it constantly just progress, progress. And I love that. And there's a ton of great Megadeth riffs that follow that. On lead, I'm going to go... I see... I couldn't figure out... See, I, for a second... Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Here we go. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. So... Originally, when I did this on lead, I struggled, and then I decided to settle. Not even settle, but, like, I want Dimebag. Primal Concrete Sledge Riff on my Mount Rushmore. For that alone, he could have been in the band, and obviously it's Dimebag. Solos, specifically for me, for him. I don't want to get hated too bad, but I didn't exactly like his tone. It was a little too fuzzy for me, but I really want his solos. And then now that I'm copying you, I'm kicking out Dimebag, and I'm putting me in the band at lead. Okay, so you were originally going to have Dimebag, Daryl, and then... You heard my brilliant idea. <laughs> yes, I'm stealing it from you. Okay, got it. Vocalists, I went with two. I got Chuck Billy from Testament for the melodic singing, and that's ironic because, well, you know, it's not like he's Freddie Mercury, but I really wanted a vocalist that has that gravelly sound with a good range, and I think he's perfect for that. And then for the deep vocals, I want Winston McCall from Parkway Drive. I think he's got some of the best lows and the best gutturals in all of metal. So we do, we have some, over, well not overlap, but like same day in Parkway Drive. Yeah, we, 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 we borrowed. Now for you being the guitarist, is that where your level is at now? Or will you be? I would get booed off the stage <laughs> immediately. I'm pretending I'm really, really good. Okay. Me too. Right now, I'm scared to try out guitars in Guitar Center. That's how good I am. Because I like so many different sounds, there are going to be moments where like, I want a song that sounds like After the Burial with like a sinister style riff. Or, and then I'm going to want something that might be a little bit more radio friendly that, you know, the elitist might shit on. So I can't... The elitist. I can't... care about them. I can't like pinpoint one sound. So I've got nothing for that. Okay, so that was our dream band. Really freaking hard. I also wanted Randy Blythe in there because I think he's got an evil voice. Oh my god, yes. He's also hilarious in Paradise City. Yeah, we get to talk about it now. All right, spoilers. If you haven't seen it, we're going to ruin all of it. That's yeah. cool. Uh, watch American Satan and then watch Paradise City. Do not listen further. All the spoils. Okay, we finished the season. I know you liked it. How much? It's about fucking time because now, I mean, there's always, you know, country music ones with like Lady Gaga and stuff. Um, and there's a show called Nashville too. Yeah, which is, which is fine. Um, not really my genre of music, but finally we have a rock show, a rock TV show that I can get into, get into the characters. So a lot of characters from Sons of Anarchy, which is like, they're very good at the characters. Um, I loved it. I loved the music. Uh, episode three, The Flux. Well, technically Bad Omens. Well, Bad Omens, yeah. But it was so weird because it didn't sound like Bad Omens. And I was like, I know Bad Omens. But that was something I was like, holy shit, I need to listen to this. I need to find out what that is. 
went on Twitter, <laughs> Jose Mangan, what, what is this? <laughs> like, he got back to us. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. A lot of times when people try to do something like this, it comes out really, really corny. I thought there were some corny throughout the show. Did you think it was overly, like, try hard, force it, like, look at us? Because I said this in the movie, American Satan, the scene where they're walking up the Sunset Strip and Andy Black is just like, Van Halen, The Stones, Megadeth, all these bands played at this place. And it's one of those, like, hey, look at me. We know music. We're trying <laughs> to make it official, but it comes across really, really forced. Mm -hmm. I thought there was a few moments like that early, and then after that it was just like a regular TV show. Hmm. I guess I can't think of anything forcing that. The only thing that comes to mind is actually something you said about Andy Black only having one facial expression. And I was just, at first I was kind of like, fuck you, I like Andy Black. And then I was watching it and I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, I see it. Yeah, his mysterious I, scowl. But it, I mean, he plays it well, but it was really just, he's very poised and has that, has that going for him. I loved, what, what's her name? Bella Thorne. Yeah, I liked her character. G-Baby loves her too. She's also kind of sinister. Very calculated. Yes, which I like because they, they, you know, kicked her out of the band, which was real shitty. More, more spoilers. But then forced her to say, like, it's all, it's all based on Johnny. Like, Johnny's a dick. Like, he's a dick in this, in this scenario. He's uh, horny too. Grand, yeah, like all men. <laughs> um, yeah, wanted to marry this woman and then is jacking off to like a foursome of women. That was the funniest masturbation scene I've ever seen in my life. It was something else. He was so unhappy to be cracking stick. I loved it. He literally had a, this is unfair look on his face and he was going. It's like, clearly he, doesn't, he wants the rock star life. He still does, even though. He says he doesn't. He does not want a life with Gretchen. Not anymore. So I... What do you think they're going to do? Because unfortunately, Cameron Boyce has passed away. Yeah, that's sad. You see how happy he is in the show. I know he's acting, but it's so sad. I thought he was really, really good. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, we were actually saying this. He, that whole scene with the band, made that Bad Omen song much better. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It's also I miss concerts. Yeah. I miss, like, that's part of, you know, like, you go to see bands. You're, you're there for the experience. Something about live music. I don't even know. It's just... I really hope, because they had um, the guitarist in Randy Blythe's band, like, throughout the show, he, yeah. he quit the band. I really hope that, well, first of all, they get a second season and so forth, but... That they bring that band back for the next year because Randy Blythe and his band was fucking hilarious. The way they were a bunch of shitheads. I didn't even realize it. It's like, we're over it all. And I thought they were just about to walk off. I'm like, oh shit, that's the name of their band. We're over it all. It was like weird, polished Trailer Park Boys humor, <laughs> if there is such a thing. The thing I wanted to talk about was the angel and the demon. Oh yeah. Her character. They made her kind of... I don't know, almost innocent and quirky at times, but also... Invasive. Happy. Yes. And Gabriel, you know, the fallen angel. Hobson. Story goes, right. Who would just pop out of nowhere. I actually really like how they kind of kept winking at, you know, in the, in the movie, they sold their soul to Satan mm -hmm. to become famous. And then the, the ending was really sloppy. It was kind of... I just had an idea. What? 
Okay, so you know who um, Gabriel interacts with? He's interacting with the people who are more innocent, who aren't really in that rock star life yet. And... and yes, the demon one, she's interacting with people like Andy and then kind of Gretchen, but not really like they let her go and like she's still- She was really area. bothering Gretchen. She was. And now I feel like since maybe she's going away from that rock star life, potentially it sounds like they're gonna break up. Cause also Gabriel was talking to, you know- The mother. The, the baby, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't remember her name, but. Now I'm just looking at it, and like the one we like, um, the manager or the which one? The the chick. Oh, the yeah. Her like talking to her a lot. Like I almost feel like he's trying to, like, hey, you can still get out of this. But also at the end, she interacts with she interacts with Simon. That's oh yeah. First interaction with her, like almost like he's crossing over now. He's in it. He's making deals. He's not. He's in the game now. That's what that says to me. That's a lot better than anything I thought of. I just thought they were trying to be more subtle with the the occult and how they did it in the first movie was a little bit more in your face. They literally spoon fed, you know, cause and effect. Okay, season one cliffhanger, Gretchen's. Yes. What if someone poisoned her? What if one of the fans poisoned her? You know, because they're pissed off. I was thinking like miscarriage, but I'm like, is that too obvious? Like, wouldn't it be something more sinister? I'd really be pissed off if they spoon fed that imagery of like an immaculate conception. But then we just watched Umbrella Academy, so that's the only reason why I was thinking that. Right. I'm very, I hope they do another season, but also I feel bad because it ended with, you know, Simon making that deal and also, are they, they can't recast him, can they? No one will be as good as him. What do you think they're going to do with Johnny's nut? I don't know. Who jacks off in a condom? I don't know. I thought that was weird in her... I mean, obviously it's calculated. It's like, here, there's no skin contact. Since when does that matter? Like, what are you talking about? You want to know how horny he was? Because he completely missed how obvious and calculated all of those moves were. And he sat there and cracked stick with a frown on his face, completely oblivious to know that he was fucked. Also, how easy is he? He should have left immediately. Also, like... He's like, oh, I didn't do anything. I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of sick of him, honestly. Like, I think he's a piece of shit. Like, he's lying to Gretchen that he has a kid. He's willing to pay someone millions of dollars. They're willing. He's willing to kick Lily out of the band for him. He's not saying like, I'm gonna go start a new band because I don't feel comfortable. He's like, no, you're out because I have a fiance and I slept with you. It's like, fuck you. And now he almost like did the same thing. Like. I don't know. Do you think they love each other? Uh, Lily and Johnny? Because she was about to tear up on the... Oh, I thought she was tearing up. Yeah. Like, she was legit. It was painful to watch. Felt really bad. He... I think she loves him. I... I think he cares for her. He might love her, but he's not, like, in love with her. If anything, it doesn't really seem like he cares that much. Like, he just wants it to end. Yep. He's like, this was kind of a business deal. We had fun, but... Oh, and that kiss in the restaurant. Yep. And it was all over TMZ mm -hmm. and nothing happened with that. What the fuck? I really think they understood what it was. I don't know. If I was Gretchen and I saw that, no. <laughs> he didn't pull away. He didn't do any of that. <laughs> I don't know. I hope there's another season because I'm hooked and I need more. Yeah, that was actually a quality storyline with good characters. I kind of like that it wasn't just all about the occult. I like the temptation with angels and demons type of thing, but it's not just here, we're gonna do a seance. 
and then because I think I mean that's cool too. I like that an American saying, but it's just this is more for a wider audience, I think, which is nice because there's no rock TV shows. That's always like the stigma of I don't know. Yeah, I really think this is a very important show because of that reason. There is no, there's some on YouTube, but there's no real, you know, accessible metal rock content. TV shows, everything, it's, it's, it's usually forced. It's gotta be made by industry people, which it was. Mm -hmm. um, and even then they still kind of- It's like, here's what we think people want. Yeah. For what's out there, I think you gotta be really pleased with it because it is a solid show. All things considered. Okay, I keep telling people to watch it. You've told people to watch it. Mm -hmm. They need to make it a second season. Hopefully. See, I would like them to introduce now, I said this before, but like actual bands on the show right now. They're doing the thing where it's all fictional bands. Randy Bly's new band is fictional and they're playing Through Fire songs and he sings them like a jackass. Yeah. But I hope, I hope it gets to a point where actual bands are on the show acting if they can act or at least play. Because yeah. I think that's always, like just a cameo is cool as hell. I think so. I think that'd be really cool. Thinking about the one record guy in Louisiana, New Orleans. Cajun fuck, hell yeah. He, um, I don't know. He seems to know like where the line is and when to cross it for music. But he also just seems like a cool guy. Like he, I don't know. I could be completely talking about out of my ass at this point, but there's also like a strong affinity with, you know, music and the devil and the occult in New Orleans. Right. Well, yeah, voodoo. So I think that's a... Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> Dumbass. I wouldn't be surprised if that producer is connected in some way. Nice little wink. It's on Amazon Prime. It's, it's on Amazon Prime. Watch it. Alrighty. Thank you for listening. Tweet at Danny, not at me, at Danimals21. Who's your favorite band? Who'd we fuck up? Who'd we miss? Who'd you love? Let us know. Lunix, turn that off.